after every single game that year, even the four losses, would stop us, talk to us at the end, say, you're the best team in the state of Georgia. You're the best team in the state of Georgia. And we believed it. Even after losses, we believed it. He would literally say it every time. Finally got you in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time, huh? Dude. You you must be getting your ass kicked at work. Uh yeah, kinda. Kinda. I mean it's just I wake up and and I got a list of a couple hundred people that I gotta go through and make sure they're legally allowed to work in the United States. So that's is that fun. is that really what you're the main gist of what you're doing? Yeah. Looking at that, looking at background checks, making sure they are, you know, okay with the client basically. It depends on from client to client and state to state and then we use other things like e-verify and there's a bunch of different ways to kind of know if someone is right legally allowed to work for us. Yeah, it's Crazy. it's not very exciting, but it's baseball's more exciting. Baseball's way more exciting. Baseball yeah. is I could talk a lot more about baseball than than that. So this stuff's this stuff in general is more exciting. Yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. It's it's you know, obviously what we love to do and what we have done for 20 plus years of our lives but yeah i mean it is exciting it's 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 fun to help kids out obviously see them getting better and seeing the excitement on their faces after they come back and they're like oh i, I hit a home run last weekend or i i went four for five with three doubles and and five rbis and like that's exciting man that's like rewarding. i get pumped up for them yeah, yeah for sure rewarding. And, and like you know we're not doing it anymore so that's our excitement from the game yeah yeah so. that's that's how we get to live Live out our uh, dreams, yeah. right? Yeah, living vicariously through these kids. And I mean, it's yeah. some of these kids are good, man. I mean, like, it's, you know, we, we were talking, we talked to, to Manny, and like, he's like, oh, I, I've been working with some some pro scouts or some ex big league coaches. I'm like, damn, dude, that's that's legit. Like, they know what they're talking about. Like, you know, yeah. we, we know what we're doing here, obviously, but like, getting outside sources is never a bad thing either, right? No, no, and when so. they get excited about that kind of stuff, like, it gets me excited too. So, yeah, for sure. Well, guys, welcome back into the Juice Box Athletic Podcast Baseball Development Show. We got our own Mikey Moore. Um, we're going to be talking to you guys just baseball today, talking hitting. Um, I know I've got some stuff to I, – I was driving home last night after a long day of video editing, lessons, meetings with Greg and Tyler trying to get – Velocity Max cranked up. And I don't even know what made me start thinking about it. I started thinking about my college playing days. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what it was. I, I, I heard a song. It was an Offspring song. It was like the Offspring came out with an album in like 2008 or 2009. I think it was my sophomore season. And I loved it. I was like all about it. And it was at a time where I was like playing really bad baseball. And I was okay. like almost like borderline depressed. What kind of music is this? Off, the Offspring? You don't know The Offspring? Dude, like... The, uh, off the top of my head. Oh, like, I'm dude. not good with band names, honestly. Like, it's, I know a songs. it's a 90s band, but they came out with a, with another um, album. It's like, like rock? Album. Yeah, it's, it's like rock. metal rock? It's rock. Or like, okay. No, it's like, uh, you know the song that is from the 90s. It goes... Uh, can you sing Give a few it to me, mama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. You, you know, know, you know what I'm talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, they have a bunch of other songs, but, um, you know, it's kind of like soundtracks from the days of like american okay. pie like oh, okay, like okay, around okay, that time yeah, yeah yeah but they came out with another album and i just i heard one of those songs it came on on my probably on my liked songs on my spotify and i was like man i started thinking about college playing days i started thinking about yeah. the rough times and i started thinking about transferring to piedmont and then like just started like steamrolling through all the just the memories of playing and stuff and it was funny because i was thinking i was like man how nice was that on the ride home to like escape from now like escape from all the work we're doing here all the hard work go back we're putting to the good in. old days yeah and just go back to when you didn't have to worry about stuff as much you know and, and you're going through your job doing stuff you know background checks and everything else and here we're putting in all this hard work trying to um you know get pitchers ready and get people ready for the high school season and i was thinking man it's nice to just let your mind roam free sometimes I'm yeah like, man i gotta go a little bit yeah and i was like man i gotta go through some of this stuff with with mikey because i was thinking back to the conference tournament, you know, the, the game when we knocked you guys off and the conference tournament moved on. And 
<laughs> thinking about you know not to not to bring up bad memories but no, but even the bad memories like back then are good you know like yeah you, dude you can kind of enjoy the 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 misery or or commiserate with the that kind of time in your life and be like oh those were yeah. even though it was kind of tough right it was still the good old days like no, it was 100%. still you know i i love what i do now yeah. i love making a difference with kids now but i go back in a heartbeat oh i I'd do man. a few things different but for the most part i do just about everything the same you know, and to that point, I was thinking, me and Coach Scally from Piedmont did a podcast a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about that too, because I was thinking about the questions I was asking him on that podcast, right. who's the best D3 player you've ever seen, yada, yada. We were talking about you on the podcast, and, um, you know, he brought up some of the Piedmont guys that have been studs, and a couple of the guys he brought up were center fielders, and I was like, damn, like, on the ride home last night, I was thinking, I didn't even think about it. He, you know, never mentioned me, but but I wouldn't have expected him to. Yeah. And it's like you get to this point where you're coaching kids and you're teaching, you're passing down knowledge, and you, it's done. Like what you did doesn't even matter anymore. Right, right. Like it's it's not an ego trip anymore. You you understand that you weren't the best. If you were, you'd probably be doing something else right yeah. now, playing on TV. Um, and I just I started to think about that too because I was like, man, like that's how you know you're doing the right thing when you're truly not worried about what you did you're just trying to pass down your experiences Mm -hmm. that makes this so fun for me it does and for me i'm in a little bit different boat than you guys because now i've gone through these experiences of like starting the business and being on that side and now like trying to help you guys through some of that stuff we were talking about lessons right right you know and just lessons are a grind they're hard it's a lot of work you know the one-on-one nature like yeah you get paid for a lesson but you got to work that hour Mm -hmm. you know and just kind of trying to pass down knowledge to you guys on that side too and like me i've made a ton of mistakes in the process and i I don't want you guys to make those mistakes and i'm still learning too but um but that's why you're able to pass it down right you made those mistakes and learned for everybody else and we'll probably still make some of those mistakes right we're gonna make mistakes and we're all gonna make mistakes that's just part of it yeah this process is gonna be you know it's a tough process but um no man yeah it it was funny kind of going down memory lane and thinking about that stuff so yeah absolutely i mean dude i from Coach Scally, I, you know, I don't have too many memories of that, but, you know, Piedmont, obviously, every time we'd play, yeah. and, and people's, good spoil, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, you remember little stuff like that, and, of course, yeah. you know, I remember, um, I don't remember which year, I think it was 20, 2010, yeah. Commerce Tournament was at Piedmont, Yep. I think, it was the yep. last year that we got to use the BESR bats, yep. and I, I remember that tournament specifically, because, we did pretty well, but then we got knocked out, you know, yeah. later in the tournament. We went two and out. We hosted the thing. We went two and out. I think we played um, – I don't think we played you guys. I think we played Huntington and LaGrange because yeah. at that time it was only the four teams. And who won it that year? Dude, I don't – Huntington might have. Yeah. Huntington might have won that year because um, I don't think – I don't think LaGrange was that good. LaGrange was not that great while we were playing. They're right. awesome They now. had that one guy. That one, Robbie I, Shelton. I forget his name. Yeah, Shelton. Third baseman. Yeah, yeah, he was a guy, but that was pretty much it. He could hit. Yeah, he didn't play much defense. From what I hope Robbie Shelton's not listening. He's probably <laughs> kicked my ass. But um, no, man. And they had a couple guys. Like they they had a couple arms and stuff. But you, to your point, nobody like that. You know, no pun intended. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had a kid named um, Hooper Hooper or Hopper. Oh I don't yeah. Remember which one? And he, he actually went transferred and went it. to North Georgia. Yeah, and I so played you against probably him. played against him. I got to play against yeah, him. Yeah, in that last crazy. Year at and dude, that so I remember him when I transferred to Piedmont in ten. Mm-hmm. We played down there, and he had he went off. He went like ten for thirteen that yeah. series. Just like went off, and he's hitting triples all over the yard. And I'm like, and he ran funny. Do you remember him at all? Yeah, yeah. He was, he had like a limp. It was he weird. was a freshman that year, right? So yeah. he and I were the two that were basically competing for freshman of the year that yeah. year, and. Were you a true freshman that year? Or was no, that, that your, was that was that, that okay after your redshirt? Yeah. Yep. So took the yeah, dude. Waiver and... I remember that kid. I remember Kyle Eller from Huntington. Yep, yep. And I really remember him because of DJ from Huntington. Nice job, Eller. Yeah. Come on, Eller. You and know, DJ like was the man. I dude, love he DJ. was he was a character. But um, yeah, dude, all the teams had had good players. We just played in that tiny bullcrap. Yeah, conference. Well, so it was, it was like, what? It was only four of us the first year, and then Covenant joined. And then, no automatic bid. Yeah. It was like you know, even if you had a good season, you better 
beat the snot out of some good teams. Well, you got to win season. 35 games. You 35 win. out of your 40 or, right. or whatever games we played. And, like, yeah, even when we won in 11, we we got to 30 wins. And, and there was still doubt. We right? almost didn't get in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you guys were close. I think you guys had 29 wins. Yeah. And and we were thinking like, man, it'd be bullshit if if Maryville gets in because we beat them in the conference tournament, and that may have been us winning that game may have been what pushed us over. Um, but no, dude, yeah, going through all these memories, man, it was awesome. What did you hit your that that year, that two thousand eleven year? Do you remember? Uh, I was I was close to like three thirty, three forty, just about every year. Okay. So it was. I remember I was pissed at the end of that year because yeah. I think you won all conference or whatever, and I was like, That's fucking bullshit, man. I hit I hit three sixty. Like, how did I not? Edge out, Mikey. I'll tell you what, guys. All those outfield assists—that's what got me over. Well, what it was is that Bartek couldn't hit for any pop. Oh yeah, (laughs) you had the extra base hits. You had the RBIs. I had just got on base. This This is eleven. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was that was. You had a good year. Yeah, that was was you you, sophomore year on the field. You you tore it up against us too. Like I remember a bunch of extra base hits, drove in a bunch of runs. I think you could have hit a couple home runs too. That year, I only hit like two or three that year, but that year I started off like first 10 games of the year, I was hitting like 190. Yeah. Like I was supposed to be one of our guys and I was hitting 190 and, and Washburn benched me for a game up at Covenant. And I was pissed. I was sitting there doing my little chart and everything. And I'm just like stewing and it's a freezing cold game. It was like 35 degrees and we were all under heaters in the dugout. And I was so mad. I was just like, this is net. like up on lookout this, mountain. This ain't happening again. Yeah. And the rest of the year, I hit like 400, like the rest of the year and got my average up to like 330 at the end of the year. And it was just one of those things where the right thing happened, even though I didn't think it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. You know, like I, it was, you never think it's the right time to get benched, right? No. Like it, it's one of those things where you're pissed in the moment and, you know, I'm mother effing, you know, wash and everything. And, you know, come, you know, a couple years down the road, and once I started to kind of understand, do a little coaching and everything, it was like, okay, like he did the right thing, and got me in the right mentality. Where it's like, no, this ain't happening, like that, that, and I got taken that, yeah, kind of the rest of my career and on into into working. Too. You're like, talking about that. I, I had those thoughts. Like I told you, I was thinking about my career and playing, mm-hmm. and, and I got benched at Capital. You said this your sophomore year. Yep, it happened my sophomore year too up at Capital. I got to play a lot as a freshman, and I. Finished the year as the starting shortstop, and it's like, okay, you're going to be the starting shortstop going into sophomore year and probably the rest of your career as long as you don't piss it away. And I started off terrible. I've told this story on the podcast before, 15 errors in 15 games. Yeah. And got – I played 15 games. I got benched the first conference game. Yeah. So it was like really a gut punch because we're ready to start oh. conference. And um, like you said, man, you, you feel – you want to feel sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. And – I don't know that I like let on that too much. I mean, I'm sure my my good friends knew that, but um, man, I was feeling bad. Like I was just feeling awful. Yeah. Like, why could how's this happening to yeah, me? Watching other guys play, it's like I'm better than him. I should be play, you know. And it's like I look at it now, and I'm like, dude, I wasn't ready. Yeah, I wasn't bring, ready. It brings you back down to earth. It's yeah. it's a it's a shock to the system, and like it's it's necessary though. For a lot 100% of people, it's necessary. necessary. Like I, you know, always had like I wasn't great at baseball for the longest time, and then all of a sudden I was halfway through high school, and then you know I I got in a little bit of an ego, and then all of a sudden things come crashing down. You know, like it's the first time in like three years that I wasn't successful. Like you know, a couple games here and there, you know, that, that's just how it is. But for the first time in like three, two, three years, like I was not the man. You know, and it, it, that hurt. And it like, I had to do some soul searching. And like I said, it was, it was good for me in the long run because it kind of kicked my ass and was like, all right, you've got to get to work. Like I wasn't hitting in at night. I wasn't paying attention in practice. I was just trying to do my own thing and, you know, hang out with the guys and, and yeah, that's what college is about, like having fun and, and all that. But I was there for baseball and it's basically a job at that point. Right. Yeah. So I started taking it seriously like a job i would go hit every night for at least an hour usually two hours i would go take a different person with me every night to hit like and some guys went every night with me yeah. miles was every night with me Kopeck would go just about every night yeah. but some guys would go like once or twice a week but even they got better still with that like yeah. it, it was just kind of that mentality and even though we didn't i won't say we had bad coaching at maryville but we didn't have the greatest baseball coaching you know we had great life coaching yeah. washburn 
great life coach. Well, probably good, not good the probably not guy. the resources to carry it out. You right. know, like it's it's hard to really spend that much time and effort with yeah. your players to get that baseball skilled coaching across. It right? is. It is at the D three level for sure. Yeah, and just you know, like I remember being up at Capitol thinking the same thing. Like, man, we don't have you know, just yeah, okay, practice with it. You know, it's like we need more of this, we need more, of that. and it's like you come to find out later what some of the coaches are getting paid and it's like well no wonder man yeah. it, it's really hard it's really really hard um how much of the you know i'm hearing you talking about getting your ass kicked how much of just you growing up as a baseball player prepared you to get your ass kicked later on like i know for me high school baseball was not easy yeah. i was never i was never the best guy in high school i know you've told stories about that too late bloomer figuring stuff out late as as sucky as that sounds for the high school player, it's like, man, I wish I could be the guy that was really good at 14. I feel like having to learn that stuff at a younger age forces you to mature a little bit. It does. And then you, when you fall off the rails a little bit when you're older, you, you get back on quicker. Yeah. Like, I know I'm like that. Like, I'll get complacent. Everybody gets complacent, but I'll find myself getting complacent even now. And... I feel like I'm able to find my way a little quicker because yeah. I've been there before. I've struggled before. It's like, okay, I needed this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a little pissed off right now when I'm in a bad mood, but I know it's going to get me back to where I need to get to. And you know, the bad times aren't going to last as long as you have the right mentality, right? Like if you have that, like, I'm not going to let this keep me down mentality. There's no way the bad times are going to last. You're going right. to manifest better times just simply because of that. Right. Yeah. And I, like, I wasn't great at baseball. I was always fast, always had a good arm, and I was always really good at defense. But I couldn't hit very well, and I, I couldn't hit it out of the infield Dude, with the BESR bats until sophomore year in high school. Is it not crazy how many guys seem to, like, figure out how to hit and can't do anything else? Like, I can't figure that out in today's youth. We, we see a lot of guys. Where, now, granted, those are probably not the best ball players that we see. They're not the C of the best ball players. Mm-hmm. But how many guys, even guys that come here, it's like, your best tool is probably hit. I don't know how that's possible because yeah. catch and throw is so much easier. Yeah. Hitting's tough. But man. dude, like that's always baffled me. Me and Dale talk about this all the time because Dale was a very good defender. Mm-hmm. He he once had a cannon that got injured and was a little bit um, degraded when he got to the college level. But he was always a really good defender, and the bat would it would do this, would go up. Yeah. Would, I was the same way. I was always a pretty good defender. Would go up and would do this, and you know, ultimately, I wasn't quite as good of an infielder as Dale was and my ass got booted to the outfield but I remember how hard hitting was I didn't care who I was facing it was a war when I stepped in the box like if it could have been remember LaGrange had that lefty that was like he threw like 72 like literally you probably don't remember they had like a sidearm lefty that threw and they would throw him in like mop-up situations dude I remember them bringing him in and everybody like oh I'm just like it's just another guy for me like I'm just I'm just trying to get a hit. Yeah. I'm just trying to get a barrel on a ball. And I remember like when I would be locked into that, that's when I would hit the best. Okay. And it's like, dude, I think this is big league mentality. Not that I had a big league mentality all the way. I, I certainly came up short in some of the areas, but do you ever see big leaguers? Like the only at bats that you ever see them really give away and really they're not even doing this is when there's a position player pitching. It's an 18 inning game yeah. position players pitching oh, they're and they're laughing, laughing and it's everything hard. they're not thinking about. Any other at bat man, they don't give a shit who's yeah. pitching. Yep. It's like, dude, I'm getting paid to play good baseball. I'm going to play the best baseball I can play. Yeah. And you serve this up and I'm going to crush it. You know, it's never like a and, and in kids, youth, young guys, maybe not even kids, even college guys, you see the like the shark versus minnow thing. Yeah. And it's almost like the minnow knows when there's a shark around. The shark knows when there's a minnow oh, around. Yeah, it's like the higher level you go in baseball, it's like you're not there unless you're a shark. They're all sharks. They're all sharks. They're all sharks. And Some of them are gray whites, but like, they're all sharks. When did you start realizing that for yourself? Like I never played um, summer ball, summer college baseball. I played like just in the men's league over the summer. But you, you played in, in some college leagues, right? Yeah. Like, did you get a little taste of that when it's when everybody's mixed up? It's D one, D three, D two, NAIA, JUCO. Everybody's mixed up together. Like, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And kind of the same way I started my first time ever playing summer ball. I never played travel ball growing up. I was always playing, you know, soccer and swimming. Those were three sports I played every year until I was sixteen. Then baseball, you know, had to take over because soccer became a spring sport and yada yada. But 
when I started playing summer ball in college, they didn't make me go, but I wanted to go and I wanted to get better. And I got there and, you know, it's a bunch of D1 guys, JUCO guys. They're all jacked and stuff. And I'm like, you know, yeah. 165, <laughs> 170 pounds dripping wet. Right. And like, I'm thinking like, okay, like this is going to be good competition. But like, I went into it with the mentality that I'm here for a reason. Like they want me to be here. I'm going to compete with these guys. I don't care how good they are. And that was when my mentality really started to change to where I didn't care who I was facing. Yeah. It didn't ca- it didn't matter who was on the mound. I didn't care what count it was, what they had to throw me, you know, who was in the field, what what who was on base, whatever it was. Like it didn't matter anymore. I started to go into a zone that no one could take me out of. Yeah. And that was when I realized like, hey, it doesn't really matter what level you're at in college. If you work hard and you have the skills, it's going to show. Yeah. And I started that summer, I was hitting like seven or eight hole. And I started the summer like 0 for 15, just terrible. And I finally got like two hits. They were like bleeders through the, the six hole. Like not even great hits, but I started to hit a little bit. And then I caught fire and they put me up in the order. And I ended up leading the league in hits, stolen bases, and tied for uh, the league in batting average. So just one of those things where, like, I was a minnow. Like, I kind of was, like, had that, like, oh, shit, like, these guys are good. These guys are 6'5", D1 athletes, Kentucky, University of Tennessee, UT Martin, you know, like, Belmont. Like, not huge. Like, Kentucky's a big D1, right? Yeah. But not huge D1, but a lot of D1 players. And I'm thinking, like, I'm little D3 guy, like, you know, I'm I'm a big fish in a small pond back at Maryville, but, like, now I'm competing with, you know, serious competition, and, yeah. like, do I belong? But yeah. once I got that shark mentality, like, it's never gone away. Even here, yeah. like, I go out there and, and I talk to these kids, and, you know, we're talking about hitting and, and facing, you know, really good curveballs, or we get the machine out, and it's throwing, you know, really hard, and the fastball's riding up instead of dropping, like, you know, BP and stuff like that. And like, it doesn't matter what you throw. I'm going to figure it out. Right. Like it doesn't matter. And like these kids, like a lot of the kids in all barrels in our hitting program, they're starting to get it. Like they're starting to get, it doesn't matter what we're working on, what drill we're doing. If it's BP underhand toss T work off the machine, like it doesn't matter if you are confident and you know that you have the ability to be a good hitter, you're going to be a good hitter most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the shark mentality. Like I, like the, the, like I said, there's great whites, you know, there, there's a bunch of different other kinds of sharks. There's the, the cream of the crop, which I would call the great whites of the megalodons, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the Otani's Acuna's and stuff like that. But I still think I'm a shark. If you told me like, Hey, you get a hundred at bats against Otani. I think I'd probably get at least 10 hits, maybe 20. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'd figure it out after, a, a, you know, 20, 25 at-bats. Yeah. Like, he's throwing. You start to see Something's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to get lucky a couple times, too, I think. You yeah. know, and that plays into it also. You know, that, that kind of feeds into that, like, I say this a lot. You got to be just dumb enough. Got to be just – we got that. Me and Dale got that from our, our old high school coach, but – Sometimes you got to be just dumb enough to believe you can get it done. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like just just dumb enough. Like anybody who's saying that about Otani, you are just dumb enough, right? Yeah. Because he's he's yeah. like he's the best. He's the best. He's the best. Like in terms of a baseball player being able to do all the things, he's the best. He throws the hardest, he hits the ball the mm-hmm. hardest, he's big, he's I guess he's, he had Tommy John, right? So I don't know what he's doing right now, but um, maybe if you tell him to throw against you right now, <laughs> he might get more yeah, hits. But, better odds for sure. But no, like you, you do talk a lot about the mentality, yeah. and 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 it's sincere. A lot of people talk about it, and it sounds cliche, but I, from watching you over the years, know that that's truly how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, one hundred percent in my being, feel that a strong mentality is more important than physical gifts yes. now if you can combine the two obviously that's your perfect scenario and you can work towards being better at certain physical things like hitting and throwing and, and whatever it is with baseball but the mentality is so key for me like i am 100 percent a believer that if you believe in yourself you're gonna do well and this gets confused because like i was confused with this growing up because i confused like the mentality of like the shark 
with want, like wanting to do good, mm -hmm. the will, but they're different. Yeah, I always had the will, but I, I there were times where I don't really know if I was all the way shark. I think I was sometimes still, you know, even in times when it's like you admit to, oh man, that guy's really good. Yeah. You know, like, and I think every player should be able to do that. Talk, yeah, talk absolutely. about another player and say, "Yeah, he's good for you." No, he's not. But when it gets in the way, then you inevitably are a little bit more of a minnow yeah. than a shark. Yeah. When it's when it's more of a yeah, that guy's good, but that I want to be better than him. Yeah, you've got to be objective about. You it. You know right? what I mean? And and there's a there's a fine line there, and I can say that I, in those regards, I was a little bit of a minnow at times. And I remember other times when it, it was usually something pushing me over the edge where I'd get pissed off that would drive me to be like, I don't give a hoot about any of this. Yeah. Now I'm going to go get this. And yeah. that's when the shark would come out a little bit. But I always had the will. Yeah. Like I always wanted to do good. Yeah. You know, so I think a lot of players, are, you know, they, they want it so bad you can tell they really want it. And it's just like sometimes, guys, we, we don't know how to tell you, dude, you just got to be a little bit more of a badass. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, and not some guys are not good at that. You got to learn how to do that. You got to learn what the what the what the right volume is for you on that. How do I how do I be a shark and what like you said, what type of shark? Yeah. Not everybody's a great white. You know, not everybody's going to be really intense. Not everybody's going to be um cutthroat all the time. Some guys need to be a little bit more laid back at times. So you're saying that, man, and I'm just thinking about it like, yeah, like, man, this is this is really good because it's super cliche. Oh, you got to work hard. Oh, you got to want it. But th those things are on like a teetering scale. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no shit, you got to want it. If you're playing this sport at this high of a level, you know, varsity, college and beyond, you probably want it. Mm -hmm. If you don't and you're still competing at that level, man, you just had some some major talent. Yeah. Um. Well, and that's what, like, if we're, you know, going even deeper into that, like, you know, what we're calling a shark mentality, it's, you know, having the confidence in yourself, having the will to be good, but also having the right mental space to where you're thinking about the right things, you know, going about things the right way. And some sharks don't have that, you know, insane skill like Otani or Acuna. Some guys just think about the game so in-depth. They understand the game so well that they are, as a hitter, they're in the pitcher's head. Or as a pitcher, they're in the hitter's head. They know what the hitter wants to do against them yeah. and vice versa as a hitter with a pitcher facing them. You know, I thinking about guys in the big leagues, you know, like they're always so kind of calm and collected until they hit a bomb, right? Like, you know, you, you get super yeah. pumped up in today's game. It, it's you know, show a little flair. Yeah. That, that's what we want, right? But those guys are so calm in the moment. Like, being able to lower your heart rate and go into that zone and understanding the game that you're playing, because this is a game of failure. Like, this is, if you can't accept that you're going to fail in this game, you're also beat. Like, that. that's part of that confidence where you have to know that you're going to fail, but well, also I know that I'm going to be successful. And that goes, right, that goes right back to, like, faking it. Like, yeah. That's why you can't fake it because if you're just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fake it that I'm trying hard and, and and I have a lot of will. That's when you get the guys that are like ridiculous about, you know, I went two for four today and I'm pissed off because I got out two times. It's yeah. like, that's just stupid. That's just that's just not, that's not realistic, mm -hmm. right? Like that that's not understanding what really the task at hand. Like, is it okay to not be happy you got out? Yes. Like, are you going to be outwardly pissed that you got out twice? That's dumb. So it's like, like you said, like just understanding it's a game of failure and knowing that, okay, like how do I, how do I navigate this shark versus minnow thing? Because there does need to be a level of calm. Yeah. Like the shark is not always thrashing and tearing apart. Like a lot of times it's just, it's meandering through the waters trying to figure out, okay, when do I strike? Like that's, that's part of the whole cat and mouse game of baseball. Yeah. Baseball is kind of a cat and mouse game. That takes a combination of, like you said, tenacity, um, smarts, mm -hmm. intelligence, attention to detail, maturity, like all of these things, confidence, discipline, like all of these things, like it's a it's a masterful game. Yeah. Like to be the master at something, don't you have to have a little bit of all those things? Yeah. Yeah. You got you need you need it all, right? I mean you need you need all, all of it. 
Yeah. There's no way of getting around it. If you're going to be a guy that makes it to the next level, a pro guy, you need it all. And and those guys weren't born with all of it. A lot of those guys were born with great talent and they learned the mental side of the game. Yeah. Like you most there there's so few guys that understand the mental side of the game at an early age. It's just it's tough. Yeah. Like we said, it, it's understanding that this is a game of failure. Failure is not fun, right? Like you grow up in a world where people tell you you can be anything you want to be, you can do anything you want to do. Well, baseball tells you otherwise a lot of the time. Yeah. If you're not good, it's going to kick you in the ass, right? Yeah. It's going to tell you like, hey, this game ain't for you, and it's going to tell you quick. Like it, there's no, there's no little like period where it's like, okay, little Johnny, like hey, like. <laughs> like you you weren't good this year or last year but next year you're gonna be good right yeah. like no like you have to work for that or you know you're gonna fall behind and that's why we're i think we're so passionate about that because you know we didn't have that super exceptional ability we always had to work hard in in baseball at least and we want to pass that on to these guys we're super passionate about that because we know that these kids you know 99% of them aren't going to make it to pros, right? Right. But they might make it close if they work hard. And they're good kids, so it's like you know, we work with a lot of good kids here. Yeah. Like like guys who are like genuinely like working with this kid. I like hanging around this oh, kid. Oh, absolutely. And what you want for guys that don't make it to pro ball, which like you said is a very, very high percentage of kids that don't make it, players that don't make it, men too, um, you want them to be able to succeed at something else. Right, like I, it's like oh, yeah, I suck at baseball, so let me just—I'm not going to do anything in life. Like that's not what we want either, you know. And you know, really kind of hope hopping up on the the coach's soapbox here, but like you have to be able to move on. Yeah. When things don't work, that that is really the message here. You know, if you don't get it done in your baseball game, you move on to the rest of the 22 hours of your life, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, whatever else you're doing. You know, if you if you have a bad week, there's still 51 other weeks in the in the year. It's like just that, and that's why baseball is so good because there's always tomorrow. Yeah. There's always tomorrow. You always got the next day. Um, You know, so I love all of that. But this all, like, you lived this Mm -hmm. because you played D3 and then you, you made the jump to D2. You know, and, and listen, that could be D2 to D1, or that could be, you know, uh, mid-major to, to power five, or that could be, you know, D2 JUCO to, you know, small D1. Like, making jumps up in college are hard. Yeah. Because, like, what I always say is you, you get to a school, you kind of learn the culture of the system. Even if it's only one year at JUCO, you learn that system, you learn that culture. And when you get thrust into something different and it's a level up, mm-hmm. it's like not only are you reacting to the new environment, the competition's harder. You you just you went up a level in the video game too. Yeah. You know, so like what was that like, dude? I I honestly when you did that, I didn't know you then. I yeah. was just like, but I saw, I knew it happened and I saw I was like, damn dude, that that's crazy. like I was kind of like how do you do that? And then you went there and you played right away. It wasn't yeah. like you sat the bench. You like walk through the story because you're at Maryville and the whole reason you were there extra years is because you got hurt, but kind of tell the story and like how all this played out and how the college thing going and playing college summer ball at a higher level kind of prepared you to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, it started, I, I got hurt freshman year at Maryville. I played what, eight games, you know, I was starting center field as a freshman and then hurt my UCL sprained it. I took a hardship waiver so that as long as I played less than a third of the season, I could gain that season back. Um, and then I went through, graduated from Maryville after four years, and they didn't have any graduate programs. So it was either take on a minor and pay a lot of money for just a minor or go somewhere else with a graduate uh, program and play somewhere else. And I you know, talked to a couple D2 schools. I talked to a few D1s, but they were, you know, like, hey, you'd come in, but you'd be a bench guy. You're only your last year of playing. And, you know, I had one more year to play. So that's not what I wanted to right. do. So talked to some of these D2 schools and, and went on visits. And uh, I ended up at Georgia College, which was perfect for me. You know, they had a good baseball program, had been to the World Series in 2010. Um, 
the hitting coach there was a good friend of uh, one of the Piedmont coaches. I don't know if that was Scally or, or what. but might have been Scally and Coach D. Yeah. Um, was Mitchum, that, who was that? Coach Mitchum. Okay. Um, yep. He was – I didn't know much about him, but I knew he uh, coached in Germany, uh, mm-hmm. in Europe. And everyone that I had talked to that had played for him said he was the best hitting coach they'd ever had. So I was really excited about that. They offered me, and I took it immediately. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I went and played summer ball after the tryout there. And summer ball definitely helped with that because I was playing higher competition, playing with a wood bat. You're playing every day, which is how baseball is meant to be played, right? right. So you're keeping that skill set up. Regardless of if it's a game every day, you have yep. to at least throw or get work, swings man. or do something every day, right? Yep, you have to. So that helped a lot. But it was different, man. When I got there in the fall, like we didn't do like – we worked out at Maryville, but it was like during practice, go work out for like 30 minutes and stuff like that. Or like, you know, I took weightlifting class all yeah. three or the last three years at Maryville just to kind of do it on my own. But as soon as I got to Georgia College, they we had our baseball meeting. It's like, OK, hey, next week we're starting Bobcat boot camp for two weeks. Well, what the hell is that? Like, you didn't tell me about that, like coming in like and, and you know, <laughs> granted. You don't have to tell stuff like that, but yeah. like, hey, we're going to kick your ass for two weeks. Yeah. We're going to run every morning at 530. We're going to do ropes running. You're going to either have to meet at the track or at the gym. And we're going to do some kind of cardio, some kind of, you know, running to where you're going to hate your life for two weeks, basically. And it sucked. Yeah. It sucked. But after those two weeks, I was nine pounds heavier than I was before. And I was like, how the hell is this possible? We did it for two hours from 530 to 7.30 every day for two weeks. Seven days a week for it's two getting weeks. stronger, man. Your body's my legs, My legs were nine pounds heavier than, than they were before just yeah. because we did so much stuff in, in a short amount of time. But that, you know, that's aside. But the game is different at D2, yeah. for sure. It's a faster game. Pitchers have more pitches. They're better with more pitches. Guys hit the ball further. The fields aren't really bigger, but, like, it – it seemed like they were bigger because the pitching was better, you know, and that kind of starts to get into that shark minnow mentality where I was like, Oh, okay. Like this, this is the real deal. But like I said, like I had that mentality already kind of ingrained into me where it's like, okay, like, Hey, this is going to be a challenge, but like go to work. Yeah. Like, Hey, you, you're going to be a senior on the field. You got one year to prove yourself, like not even a year to prove yourself. You have a fall to prove yourself to these guys. Yeah. A lot of these guys transferring in are XD1, JUCO guys. Like, they know that they're good. They know that they've played against higher competition. Like, right. I am one of the only D3 guys that was brought in. But I think that I was brought in for a reason. And so I went to work. I got bigger. I got 15 pounds heavier that year or that fall. Yeah. I started watching film for the first time ever, which was insane because like it's the fall and it's like okay like what are we what are we even watching film for i'm watching guys that i just watched pitch throw a bullpen we're doing a scrimmage against our own team like right but it was just to kind of get me in the mode of watching film for the spring yeah. to see guys that i'd never seen before at maryville i'd seen some of these pitchers two three four times yeah. yeah you know to where i'm seeing better competition guys are watching film on me now too i'm yeah. sure so I've got to do the same thing against them. I've got to get bigger. I've got to get stronger. I've got to get faster, which was the craziest thing. Like, I always thought I was fast. But they got me to where I was faster than I ever was before. And, and you know, part of that was Bobcat Boot Camp. And part of that was the program that they had throughout the year and everything. So it was just so much more involved. I thought it was a job at D3, but it was a real job at D2. And yeah. I'm sure as you climb the ladder, it's even more of a job, you know? But... The facilities were a little bit nicer. The field was a little bit nicer. Stands were a little bit bigger. We had more fans and stuff. So, like, that kind of got us going a little bit. But, yeah, it was a big change, man. Like, I hit very well in the fall. And so I started off as a three-hole hitter in the spring. And I did very well, like, the first half. And then I kind of petered a little bit. I started to kind of fall off a little bit. And I didn't know what it was. We started to face a little bit better competition. Like, we were in conference play. Um, we weren't facing some, you know, the mid tier D twos and it got tougher. So I kind of had to look myself in the mirror and like, say like, Hey, like we need to work even harder than we've worked already. And it all kind of came to a head. We were facing, uh, a school called Lander Mm -hmm. 
and they were number one in the conference and we were, you know, like, you know, mid, mid pack. We weren't right. a great team. Like we didn't have the best record. We were above 500, but like not a crazy good record. Yeah. And I got benched again. And I'm like thinking like, oh shit, here we go again. Like, and this is my senior year. Like this is the last year I'm like, and I still had aspirations, aspirations of playing pro ball at that point. Right. But right. this is my senior year. Like you don't get another opportunity after this. If you get benched for the rest of the year. And of course I was pissed. Like, I mean, I didn't have a great relation. I didn't have a, a a long relationship with the coaches, so like I didn't have a long leash like some of these other guys that have been there, right. you know. So I got benched for the full series. Okay. Like I'd been benched once before in my life, and that was for one game. Yeah. And I get benched for the full series, and I had my family come to town for that series to see me play. My best friend came to watch me play. Yeah. Girlfriend came in to watch me play at the time. Like I had family there, and I was embarrassed. Like I, I, I was like, wow, like. Yeah. Do I, do I suck? Like, am right. I, am I not good? And then once I kind of got over the pity party is when I got back to the shark mentality. I was like, yeah. no, this ain't happening again. Yeah. This is not going to happen again. Like I am, I'm going to work hard and get myself back on the field. And luckily, you know, I got my chance again, the next series, Yeah. but I wasn't a center fielder anymore. I started off three hole as a center fielder, get benched. Now I'm, you know, seven, eight hole. Again, I'm a right fielder. Yeah. First time I'd played right field in my life yeah. ever. I don't mind right field now that I got used to it, but like I finished the year as a right fielder. I didn't not play another game that year because I understood that it could be taken away from me again at any right. time. Yep. And so I didn't want to let that happen. And I worked harder than I've ever worked in my life. Yep. So where, where are the other, just out of curiosity, not related to what you just said but where, where were the other schools you were looking at going to uh tusculum limestone uh and then i always forget the name it's like it's a double name it's in north carolina uh lenore ryan oh yeah, yeah lenore yeah. ryan okay so i was talking to those schools and then i talked to murray state up in kentucky okay but that's because i was playing summer ball in kentucky and i mm -hmm. knew a bunch of those guys and, yeah you know i did well in that league so a bunch of those guys were like hey like he can come in and be one of our starters right away. Well, the coach was kind of like, well, like, you know, I don't know. We can't really give you any money. Gotcha. You know, I can give you a little bit of money, and you're not going to be a starter. We already have some outfielders. I'm like, those outfielders? I hit way better than both of those guys. And, yeah. and nothing is. I love yeah, both yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah, for sure, like, for sure. Like, the, the ego in me was like, okay, like, you're going to yeah. miss out. Well, then maybe that, that was for the best. It was. It was none of sure. those schools were in Georgia College's conference, right? No. Okay. No. Right. I, was just, I was just curious. I was curious about yeah. North Georgia. So Tusculum was really good the year before. They made the yeah. you know regional super or they made it to the World Series and were one of the top teams in the nation. They had the the kid with like twenty seven or twenty eight home runs, like this little short kid. I, I worked out with him actually. Yeah. He's just a little kid. He had like twenty eight home runs the year before. It was some, it was insane. I don't understand how he did it. Yeah. Crazy power. But yeah. I went up there for a workout and, you know, I worked out with a bunch of people. Well, when I went to Georgia College, it was a solo workout. Like, they asked me, hey, you're going to work out with our guy that's going to go try and play pro ball. Like, it's a solo workout, basically. We won't want you to do all this stuff. And, like, they yeah. made me feel, honestly, like they needed me. Yeah. They wanted me more. Yep. So, that kind of helped me, too. And, plus, it was closer to home. It was only an yeah, hour, yeah. 45 away from Atlanta. So, the other schools were two and a half, three plus hours away. And yeah. Obviously, Murray State's way up in Kentucky, so um, that also had a little bit to do with it. Because I, you know, I I liked having my family be able to see me play. Yeah. I'm I'm playing for me, but also I, you know, my family sacrificed a lot for me to be able to play college baseball. Yeah, you know, so I wanted them to understand, like, hey, you you did this, and I'm grateful, and I worked hard for a reason because of you guys. So. I love but that. just another motivation, you know, like you find motivation in weird places and that's part of that mentality, you know, like I talk about the shark mentality, but like, it's also a mentality of you need to be grateful. You need to understand things and how they are and be objective and also think about other people. Like it's not just. It seems selfish sometimes because you're always working for yourself and I got to get better. I got to get better. I got to get better. But like my team was there trying to get better too. Right. And we, there was 11 returners on the Georgia college team when I got there. So there was 30 of us and you know, 10 of them got cut. 
I knew that I wasn't going to get cut because I had scholarship money. So, like, I was safe in that aspect. Mm -hmm. But, like, there was 30 other guys that were coming in like, hey, like, they probably told them the same thing as me. Like, hey, you might be able to start here. Like, hey, you're probably going to be a starter if you work hard enough. Yeah. They probably said the same exact thing to them. Yep. So, I understood the way things were. But then that same, on the, on the flip side of that coin, like, I wasn't going to let anyone stop me. Yeah. No, I, I've been, I'm thinking about what you're saying and I'm thinking back to playing. I'm thinking about coaching. I'm thinking about travel ball, right? Because everybody here plays travel ball now. We've talked about it. We didn't really grow up playing travel ball. You know, like I, I played in some tournaments and stuff like that, but I wasn't really on a travel ball team. And you mentioned getting, you said you got benched pretty much twice in your life. Yeah. And I started thinking about it. And I'm like, times have I been benched? And as a kid, I always played. I was always good on my teams. High school, JV, always played. I was good on my team. You know, as soon as I got pulled up to varsity, obviously that was like a, a bench. You know, you get called up and you yeah. got to prove your, your spot. But that then that like next year as a sophomore, that was like the first year that I was like a varsity player and I was not a starter. And so I guess you could say got benched, really just started on the bench and kind of mm-hmm. stayed there. Only had like 10 at-bats or whatever as a sophomore in high school. And like for me, my benching stints lasted longer. You you were able to snap out of them quicker. For yeah. me, sophomore year, I didn't start. I played – we had two middle infielders that both pitched, and I would play when one of them was pitching. Junior year, I'm like, okay, I've got the job. I'm going to get it. We're good. One of my really good friends who's been up here to, to see our facility a couple times, he used to live in, in Atlanta, he actually took my job as, as a year younger than me. He was a sophomore at the time. He could hit. Um, similar skill set, he edged me out because he could swing the bat pretty good. So still not playing. So didn't really get benched twice, just didn't play for like pretty much my sophomore, my junior year. I think the second half of that year I played a lot. Mm-hmm. But it was like filling in when our starting pitcher was playing. He played third most of the time, so I'd play third base. And then my senior year – what you're talking about, just like, okay, man, like this is my senior year. I'm done messing around, you know, and I remember telling – I hadn't played really any shortstop to speak of growing up. I would play it when, like I said, one of our good pitchers was pitching. I had to slide over. I played second most of the time. And I remember after my junior year, I was done. I was done messing around. I was like, okay, it's it's time for the shark to come out. Yeah. And I remember telling one of my best buddies in, in like, biology class or something, I was like – um. Dude, I'm going to play short next year. And he's like, no, you're not going to play short. You know, like, what, how are you going to play short? I was like, no, I'm going to play short. Like, so-and-so just made 20-something errors. This, you think I can't do better than that? Like, I'm going to play short. Yeah. Like, I'm an infielder. I'm going to play shortstop. Like, right. So I went and talked to my coach about it, and he's like, we'll, we'll try it out in the fall. We'll get to the fall. We'll try it. We'll give you a shot. And I and I play out a good fall. Like we like I said, our school team put together a couple tournaments that we went to and I played really good. And it was between me and a kid who had played center field the year before they were thinking about moving him. He was an athlete and a good hitter, but not really a shortstop. I was like, nah, there's no way. I'm playing short. And so same thing, like we started out the year, like all the practice league. You know, in Florida you start tryouts in January and you practice, practice, practice. And like February fifteenth or something is usually like a preseason game. And then you start games like the next week and leading up to the preseason game. Like I was playing pretty good, but then like the start of February, I didn't play that good in practice. Mm-hmm. Started making a few errors, started swinging the bat, just ho-hum. And I remember my assistant coach, Jordan Butler coming up to me. He's like, Hey, he's like, if you don't pick it up, like we're gonna have to play Bobby at short. And I was, I was furious that he yeah. said, I couldn't believe he said that to me. Cause I like, Jordan had come to coach with us when I was a freshman. He had been there the whole time I was there. That was when he got there. And he was just fresh out of college at the time. So think about it. I'm 18. He's like 20. He's not that much older than me. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I, how could he dare say that to me? Like that's And I it pissed me off so bad. I was like, no, there ain't no way. And then one of my best friends, um, Tyler, he ended up saying the same thing. He's like, dude, like Dave, if you don't figure this out, like I'm going to have to play short. Because he was, he was slated as the third baseman and, and our best pitcher. You know, and he ended up playing D2 at Belmont Abbey and then got drafted after his junior year. Really good player. But I'm like, no, he's not a shortstop. Like, I'm the shortstop. And that, like, 
booted me in the ass. Like yeah. it was like, dude, I got, I have to do this. this is my senior year. I'm not doing this. Well, again. when someone you respect says something to you like right. that, it right. really it's kind of like, a, oh, okay, like this is reality. Right. When when you like, and not that you didn't respect your coach that told you that, but. Right. It's more of a. But like, then you hear it again. You have a relationship thing. with the person yes. that told you, and it's like, oh, okay, this is this is real. Yeah. yeah. And and that like so my point is, I, I basically went my sophomore and junior year not playing, and had to like turn it back on. Yeah. And first, like, I remember it was, it was the first game we were down in like Palm Coast or something. We played uh, who did we play? I don't even we played like astronaut high school or something, and. First ball, he was the first hitter of the game. Tyler was pitching. First ball of the game, I'm playing short. Ground ball hit to me. One of them just just flutter choppers. Hit off the tip of my glove, went straight down in front of me. And I picked it up, threw it at first, threw the guy out. So, like, not a very clean play. Like, yeah. not a great start. But I was like, all right, got cool. Done. Got that one done. Got that out of the way. And I played flawless defense for, like, 10 or 15 games straight in. Like, didn't have an error for and 10 or 15 games. And never looked back. Yeah. And obviously made some errors the rest of the season. But, but had as a, a really stop, that's, that's, as a shortstop that's yeah. awesome, especially in high school, and had a great year, and we played against some really good teams. So like at the end of that year, I'm ready to go to college, and the whole college conversation is a whole different conversation because I didn't figure out where I was going until after I graduated my senior year. Same. So we're we're in the same boat right there, which is very rare, guys. Like most people are figuring it out end of junior year, beginning of senior year type of thing. But skip over that part. Got to college. And, and like that kind of like spilled over just yeah. that, like, nah, I'm not going to stop. Just kept going. And I assumed I wasn't going to play my freshman year. I'm just like, nah, dude, I haven't earned nothing. Like I'm going to have to earn my spot. Yeah. And I remember having a really good fall my freshman year and then having, you know, a really good preseason. And this kid that I was friends with, that was a sophomore up at Capitol. He told me, he's like, dude, Dave, like you're, you probably are going to be the starting shortstop. Like you're, he's like, Really? Like, I didn't even think about that. Like, I wasn't even looking back. I'm just like, I got to go as hard as I possibly can. And I played a lot that year. My freshman year, I played like 36 out of the 40 games, you know. And the games that I sat, it was basically like we had had two doubleheaders in the same weekend and I just had a day off type thing. Um, And I remember then going into my sophomore year and, like, I didn't feel it at the time, but looking back, there was complacency. Yeah. And like I said, 15 games in, 15 errors, that sophomore year of college, benched. Yeah. And again, not a short stint. Like, it, it was the whole rest of that year. Of course, I had a couple starts the rest of that year. Mm-hmm. But I only had, like, 50 at-bats that year. And granted, I had the first 35 of them came in the beginning of the year. So, like, in a college season, guys, that's not a lot of at-bats. No. And, you know, then it was transfer time. Went to Piedmont. And I'm like, okay, like, like I got to find a way on the field. Whole, it's a whole new pond. Didn't you, you, play. I did not play. I, I played, I started two games that year. Yeah. Pinch ran a whole bunch. Good pinch, you know, I was a pinch runner at the time. So like that, again, it was like I was repeating high school. Yeah. Sophomore, junior slump. So I got to my senior year and it was like the whole thing happened again. And I didn't even put, I didn't even think about this. Like I wasn't thinking about all this happened in high school too. And I remember doing this. It just like. I had to turn it on and I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm yeah. not freaking doing it. You know, but like our stories are different because for you, you found a way to snap out of it quicker. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I think in my mind I, I would have wanted that to happen, but I don't know and what that, might've. I don't, yeah. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just bad luck. Maybe it yeah. was just me um, kind of just drowning in it a little too much. I don't know what it was, but for so many guys out there, you you get benched and it's like you just you gotta find your way back on the train tracks. Yeah. Well, not even even outside of getting benched. Some guys like when they're forced to change positions. I'll tell you, I had a similar experience, but this is probably why I was able to snap out of it quickly. Zach Hargett at Marable the year before we got you know out of high school, he won freshman of the year, played center field as a freshman. At Marable. Yeah, I remember. They had a good team that year. Yeah. They had a really good team. Well, you know, he probably thought he had Centerfield locked up. Didn't work, like, in the in the summertime. And I didn't really work hard in the summer that, that summer either. Yeah. But, you know, I played a little bit of Dunway Senior games and stuff like that. And, and there was some decent competition, you know, every once in a while. But, like, I got there, and the coach was like, hey, you're probably going to compete for a starting spot immediately. Well, I got there, and, like, 
right off the bat, I knew I was the best outfielder. Like hands hands down, I knew no one was close to me in the outfield. Yeah. Like I took center field from him after a week in the fall. And, you know, I think that's where I learned like, hey, you can't crumble if someone takes your spot. Right. Or if someone if you get benched, like Right. No, and and Hargett's a great guy. I love the guy. Yeah. But he crumbled. Yeah. In baseball, like you can be a good person, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to have the strong mentality where he was the guy yeah. before like they had seniors that were the guy but like freshman of the year is a big deal right like of the conference you know out of what four or five schools but still that's a pretty big deal in college being yeah. freshman of the year so yeah. like he's pretty confident coming in and then all of a sudden a new freshman comes in it's like a shiny new toy and all of a sudden the coach wants to play with a shiny new toy and give the shiny new toy more attention it's like you know am i still good at baseball you have to have that unwavering faith and confidence in yourself or you're going to crumble in this game, man. It's just it's it's an unforgiving game and it kicks you in the ass. And we find that teaching guys now. Like yeah. so many guys, you see it from day to day, it just changes so much. It's like, man, dude, he's really locked into it. And the next day, it looks like he's going to cry. Yeah. You know, and, and we're saying he because we train baseball players, but for any, you know, training softball players or, or women's sports, it's the same thing and it's like you know, a lot of kids growing up when you're in it, like, I, I don't remember really ever thinking about this, but you're a little bit, like, hardened to it. You're just mm-hmm. kind of, like, you kind of just figured it. And, like, for some of these kids, I feel for some of these kids. I'm like, yeah. man, like, yeah, it's tough. It's just tough. You think – because you remember back from your experiences and you remember how tough stuff can be. Yeah. You know, well, and they see how good some of these kids are and they're like, why am I not that good probably? Yeah, no. And, 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 and just trying to get guys, like you said, to think positively – Act confidently and just be sure of it. Like you're you're gonna mess up, but just be sure of what you're doing. And yeah. like you said, you can't crumble if something bad happens or someone no. takes your spot or no. it, it's gonna happen. The the wagon is the, the wheel's gonna break. You're gonna have to figure out how to keep the wagon yeah. rolling forward. You yeah. know? Absolutely. So no, that's that's awesome, man. It we is. we've got we've got a lot of work to do with our guys, yeah. like on this stuff too, like the mental side of things it's just everybody's working on the metric side of things now but on the mental side of things there's a lot of work to be done yeah and it's it's tough especially for the young guys if they can figure it out in early age great but like you know we didn't figure it out until probably college like i think i maybe figured it out later in high school but i also had a great coach coach bass yeah we won state our junior my junior year i didn't start like, yeah. I didn't start till I was a senior. I started maybe, like, three or four games yeah. against the, the the bad schools that we'd played. You know, some, yeah. some of the schools that just didn't have a baseball program. Right. But, like, he would – the year we won state, we lost four games. We lost one to Kennesaw Mountain, who won state in 5A that year. We lost one game to Stoneman Douglas, who won 6A in Florida. Mm-hmm. We lost a game to Troop in the playoffs in a, a three-game series. And we lost a game to, I think, Carrollton in a three-game series. After every single game that year, even the four losses, Coach Bass would stop us, talk to us at the end, say, you're the best team in the state of Georgia. You're the best team in the state of Georgia. And we believed it. Even after losses, we believed it. He would literally say it every time. And we had that unwavering faith that we had guys. Now, we had 13 seniors that year. Like six or seven of them went on to play baseball right. at, at you know various levels and stuff like that. Yeah. But... It was always a next up mentality. Like I was the tenth man, and and I would come in late in games for for defense. Right. Our shortstop that year, probably my best friend growing up. Yeah. You know, I still live with the guy. Yeah. He was our shortstop, hit nine hole. He hit ten home runs. He was 135 pounds that year. 135, <laughs> six foot one, 135 pounds. Ten home runs. He broke or he tied the DeKalb County record that year, and then. Set game two of state championship against Columbus. We had one game one, our number two through our number one pitcher who went to go play at Clemson outfield, Chris Epps. He hurt his back. He tweaked his back and couldn't even play. I don't even remember if he hit that game. Well, Grant had thrown maybe like 13 innings all yeah. year. All right. He came in and didn't let anyone pass second base. Seven innings. He struck out like 13 people. It was, cr- I mean, he always had a great curveball. He threw relatively hard, mid-80s, great curveball, but 
Coach Bassett instilled in us that that confidence to where it doesn't matter. Next yeah. man up doesn't matter. Yeah. You guys are the best regardless of who's on the field. Hey, dude, that there's nothing stronger than that, you know. And and we're me and you are gonna do another sit down here in the future talking in detail about that, like the culture piece of that too. Mm-hmm. I also want to do, you know, sit down talking about how that relates to your skill in the game, whether you're a pitcher, catcher, hitter, you know, whatever. But like, like what's your message to everybody on that? Like for anybody who's had a leader, take them through that and say, like, just continually tell them you are the best, you are the best, but you better damn show it. Like, how do you, how do you start to believe it? Um, I would say it's just like riding the wave of, of, you know, good and bad times and hitting. Like you can't get too high on yourself or too low on yourself. Yeah, he tell, told us that we were the best team in Georgia, and we believed it. We were all, you know, super jacked about it. But every day at practice, he never said it during practice. Right. He he would get after us in practice. If we if we weren't perfect in practice, yeah. infield throwing the ball around, we had to do it a certain way, or it wasn't right. Do it again. Yeah. Hey, third third time doing it wrong, do it again. Fourth time, uh, foul ball and BP. That's four dollars. Someone's got to get that, or we're running afterwards. Yeah. Like doing stuff the right way, Discipline. going about your your business the right way, will lead you into that mentality naturally. Yeah, I believe at least. No, and that's... and you know I I do, I am very steadfast in my belief that. The right mentality and having confidence in yourself and your team and doing things the right way is what makes good baseball players. Yeah, I agree, guys. You, you got to mentality, discipline, consistency, confidence, like a lot of these words that everybody's using, like it's a combination of all of them. And that's what that's what makes it work. Like that's what makes this stuff work from coaching to playing to operating to managing to all of it. So um mikey we'll we'll be back on to talk more of this stuff in the future uh, appreciate you guys listening from the juice box athletic podcast baseball development show stay tuned make sure you like subscribe and uh stay tuned for more content catch you guys soon